Kale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. You can always get us on the free Odyssey app. You should have that downloaded by now. If not, get to your app store and download it. Watch us on YouTube, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT. Hit the like and subscribe button. Greg wants 6,000 followers by Christmas. I think we can do it. We got to 5,000 right around Thanksgiving, Black Friday-ish. We could do this. Cut sheet coming up, 745. Also, the editor at Deadspin gets exposed for being a fraud. And apparently, there's also anti-Semitism running amok on TikTok. But will all the corporate companies that send all you know all their money and their advertising budget to TikTok will they will they boycott TikTok like they're they're doing Elon Musk and Twitter slash X? We'll get to that as we continue. Plus, Fauci is in the news. Jim Jordan with the YouTube files and a lot of other good stuff as we continue today. But first, let's get to the news. There's a lot of it around number two seven zero one, and for that we give you the great Don Stensland. And good morning. We are sponsored this morning by ECI Comfort this morning. 35 degrees right now. I'll tell you when the warm-up begins, especially for the weekend. We are following the story of another inmate escaping from a facility in Philadelphia. That search continues this morning for 34-year-old Gino Hagen-Cotter, and he was an inmate at the Riverside Prison. He's the fourth Philadelphia prison inmate to escape so far this year. And uh, there's a lot of talk about what's going on as far as the staffing inside of our prisons and the safety for both the communities surrounding and also for in those prison guards who work there, albeit short-staffed. So we have that going on. Now, they point out that in this case, Hagen Cotter at Riverside Correctional Facility was working on a detail assigned in the orchard behind the uh, Philadelphia Industrial Correctional Facility, PICC, as it's known there on State Road. He is not considered armed or dangerous in the sense that he's not a known violent criminal. Um, he had some drug issues. He had a burglary and a theft, you know, accusation against him. But in this case, he's not considered to be a violent individual. Still, they're saying if you see him, do not approach him. They've released more surveillance images, but he had said he wanted to go to the bathroom about lunchtime when he was working there, never came back, and in fact climbed up a fence and escaped through the facilities, I guess the the sanitation yard, around noon yesterday. Maybe I'm just a a skeptic or I'm being too cynical, but doesn't it seem like almost too... Hey, I have to use the bathroom, and then he doesn't come back? That sounds like something you would do in high school when you wanted to play hooky for the rest of the day. You told your teacher, I have to use the bathroom, Mrs. Johnson, and then you never came back to science class? Like, seriously? My God, what is going on with our correctional system? Yeah, it's, and that's, I think, part of the problem is, you know, thank God they don't think he's a violent individual. Mm -hmm. Thank God for that. He's not a Cavalcanti out in Chester County, but... You know, we do have, we know we have staffing issues, and this goes back, in my opinion, to the defund the police movement. No doubt about it. Right? Yeah. Yeah, nobody wants to work in the criminal justice system this day and age because you get smeared and you can't do your job to boot. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, national news that I'll get to just to give you some a sense of national news headlines. Israeli fighter jets hitting targets in the Gaza Strip minutes after the weeks-long truth expired early this morning as the war with Hamas resumed in full force. So we have the war zone back. Gaza declared as a war zone 
And so the question becomes, what about those estimated 140 hostages who remain in Gaza? So those talks broke down because Israel, the IDF, has said that most that they weren't willing to give up any of those so-called Palestinian prisoners because they consider them to be dangerous mm-hmm. individuals. Yeah. I wonder what it's like with these ceasefires, because they have an expiration date, right? We know when the truce ends. Do you think they're actually lined up, like, so to speak, at the at the starting line, just waiting? As soon as, like, the clock hits midnight and it expires, it's... I've always wondered what, like, what that philosophy is like. Do you immediately go on the offensive, or is it just in a matter of a couple of hours? Because it looks like they went right back to... Right back to business, so to speak. I think you make a great point, and that is that they're they're even blaming each other for whose fault it is mm-hmm. that those talks broke down. Yep. But clearly, to your point, they were both locked and loaded right. and ready to go. Yeah, they're just waiting like a sprinter at the track, waiting yes. for the gun to go off, and they can resume their uh, competition. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Uh, so we, we have that going on on a national level. I'll just point out to you that Republican Representative George Santos is set to face the vote on his expulsion from Congress, and that is swirling. So I thought I would I, I would just headline that one for you, some national and international ones. Bringing us back home, Philadelphia is making national news because of this ban on ski masks that our city council, new city council, certainly many new members, but the it went into effect. They voted on it, and it is indeed controversial. But ultimately, city council says they are representing city residents who are sick and tired of all the criminal activity and becoming victims. So the bill allows the city to fine people up to $250 if you're caught wearing a ski mask in any park, school, public transit, in the public. And, of course, there are First Amendment activities like protesting, demonstration, or if you're someone dressed in full, let's say, religious garb, mm-hmm. such as women um, of, let's say, Muslim religions who believe that they need to cover up. That's their right. So they're not talking about that. They're talking about suspicious criminal activity, as they say. ACLU of Pennsylvania, I'm not seeing that they've filed anything yet. I think they're watching this very carefully. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the only thing I'm okay with is the, or I should say, the only thing I'm against is the banning of the mask out in a public place like a park. You want to wear that outside, that's fine. But inside of a school, inside of a business, uh, inside of uh, any type of retail establishment, uh, you mentioned public transportation. No, take the mask off. You're not going to hide your identity and try to commit crimes in this uh, acceptable era of always wearing masks over our face that we created over the last three and a half years. Now, get rid of it. Yeah, it's it's spooky. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anybody saw the Northern Lights, but I guess NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, they're saying that we have this geo storm that's heading toward Earth. And as well, we will be able to see the so-called northern lights, the aurora borealis. You think of Alaska usually. But I guess that overnight and into this morning, there are some people who are reporting that they could see these northern lights. But also, there are, we may see t- early today disruptions with electronics, radio frequencies, and GPS signals. Oh, great. Because of the geostorms. And we know Americans are, are very good at living their life when their electronics go down. <laughs>
I'm telling you, it is remarkable. Like when you lose internet at your house, or the power of the TV goes out, or you you have no cell phone reception. We, we we've become so conditioned that if we don't have the internet at our hands or social media at our disposal, we don't know how to function in society anymore. This well is, this will be a fascinating exercise on humanity if this happens today. <laughs> well, we know who to blame, though. Uh, by the way, I'll just uh, I know it's on the front of the Inquirer this morning, but I just wanted to point out that we have. This weekend, many of our Pennsylvania Society uh, folks and Sherelle Parker, the the new mayor-elect, I should say, many of our politicians will be in Manhattan. And this is for the Pennsylvania Society biggity-big meetings such as U.S. uh, Senator um, Casey and others. It brings up the question, why does our Pennsylvania Society meeting, why do they go to this event in New York in Manhattan? Every year we talk about this, they're not all the Democrats from our region. They travel to New York for their convention, mm-hmm. and why not here? Yeah, right. What's so wrong? What's so bad about Philadelphia? Yeah, we're a big city too, right? It's 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 bizarre, but yeah. I thought I would just say it's it's coming. It's this weekend in Manhattan. Maybe they feel safer there. <laughs> our sponsor, ECI Comfort, is cold weather getting you down. We'll stay warm with ECI Comfort. Your go-to HVAC experts upgrade to the reliability of train heating systems, and it'll keep you cozy when it matters most. Call ECI Comfort for your comfort needs or online, ECIComfort.com. And speaking of comfort and cozy, today, 51 degrees. We will have rain moving in later in the day. South Jersey will feel a little warmer, maybe 52-ish, but tomorrow Warmest day of the week, 62 degrees, and the rain holds off. So we'll get the rain this evening and even overnight. But that will tee us up for quite an unseasonably warm Saturday with mostly cloudy skies, but it's going to feel good. The rain may return for a Sunday, 52 degrees. Kale and Company News Live. All right, Dawn, thank you very much. Men, get ready to put up the Christmas lights tomorrow. <laughs> the ornaments, the wreaths, everything outside. Rake up the leaves. Great You're going to get it. put to work tomorrow, boy. Yes. Mine are up already. <clears throat> yeah. Well, Dawn waits till like Christmas Eve to put everything up. Okay. No, right. I don't. <laughs> Did we go through this a few years ago? Did we ago? do this exercise on the air yet when I feel it's like, acceptable? I feel like a few years ago we went through this, Dawn, where you like finally got them up December 18th or something. Yeah. It's a little late, but yeah, you get December 3rd to I December didn't have 10th. Health. That's why I'm putting health. down the, you know. How is it that you have a household full of men I know. that never do anything to help you out? Truthfully, How do you tolerate that? Truthfully, we're, honestly, we're busy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so that's the everybody's working and doing and right. we got tra- this week winter track is in session so Larry's driving somewhere so truthfully we're we're super busy winter track yeah winter track who runs track uh he does he does throws oh Larry Shop- no David. Larry <laughs> <laughs> oh you're talking about Michael okay <laughs> I thought maybe Larry was like in a, uh, a 50 and up crowd uh, YMCA sorry. league or something I see my fit yeah. muscular husband is Running track. We gotta have the Stenzlin Menti Men's Olympics. We could broadcast it live on twelve ten. We have Larry no. and Michael doing all these events. No, it's my youngest son David. Okay. He does uh he is actually a you know gold medalist is in the really? junior Olympics in throws. That you won't let in discus. That you won't let in a car by yourself. That's right, because he could be by himself. Pedophiles, you know. <laughs> it's like, Mom, don't be ridiculous. Uh-huh. He's six he's six three. Uh-huh. Okay. All right, very good. So, yeah, yeah the more you know. track has begun. There you go.
right, uh, we got a couple of things to get to in the world of COVID. I'm going to save two of these for the other side, but we'll get one out of the way now, and I am so happy to report this for you guys. So Dr. Anthony Fauci is finally agreeing to testify in front of House Republicans about the origins of COVID and his links to the Wuhan lab. Now, it'll be the first time that Dr. Fauci testifies before the Republican-controlled House. Uh, he has agreed to do so with his involvement and speak about what he was involved with and what he was doing in this public you know, cover-up of COVID origins. The one-time White House doctor will be grilled on his former department's funding of dangerous experiments in Wuhan and the stark difference between his public and private comments about the possibility that COVID escaped from the lab that he was funding. He's due to speak in front of the House in January, which will be the first time he has testified under oath since his infamous showdown in front of the Senate way back in July of 2021, so about two years and four months ago when he did that. Since then, we have seen leaked emails show that Fauci was aware of virus manipulation research, and it was being done on coronaviruses in Wuhan in the lead-up to the pandemic. Senator Rand Paul, who's really spearheaded a lot of this, as we know, got into a heated exchange with Fauci at that hearing back in July of 2021. So Fauci's testimony will kick off two days of transcribed interviews behind closed doors on January 8th and 9th for seven hours each day. So January 8th and 9th, a total of 14 hours. And then afterwards, a public hearing is expected to be highly contentious and will take place after that. And I believe that you will see how he did, in fact, perjure himself four or five different times. He's the ultimate flip-flopper. He says one thing under oath, and then he contradicts himself and says another thing. And I really, and I look, I don't think anything will ultimately result in this. He's what, into his 80s. I don't think he's ever going to go to jail. I don't think they're ever going to prove that he perjured himself. It's just my personal belief that he has absolutely lied and not been honest and also had two different stories to tell at multiple different times that he has been in front of people publicly in these type settings. And the one thing that drives me nuts the most and I want to play you Joe Rogan here from the Joe Rogan podcast, is when we were told to trust the science, and Fauci is the face of science, and all of these people, and it's mostly those on the left, that pushed back against Republicans or conservatives or anybody that had a critical thinking skill uh, in their brain that said, trust the experts. We always have to defer to the experts as if they are 100% absolutely correct 100% of the time. And Joe Rogan doesn't want to hear any more about trusting the experts. Take a listen to this. Things that I've learned during COVID. This whole trust the experts thing, suck my d- Okay, that's yeah. nonsense. There's a lot of these people that are <laughs> fully <laughs> and bought and paid for. And I don't trust just the experts anymore. I trust some experts. I trust if I can understand what they're talking about and i know where maybe their conflicts lie i can see well why would they be ignoring certain studies but highlighting others oh there's a conflict of interest oh there's some money involved oh maybe there's a revolving door and they can get into some nice agency or some corporation after they're done with the agency i think the takeaway from that for me man i'm just speaking for myself is i'm i'm not anti-science i'm not anti-vaccine but I don't just go in lockstep with what every single doctor tells you. And I think in, in any walk of life, if you go to a doctor and you get one opinion, you don't like it, you think he's wrong, what do you do? You seek a second opinion. You seek a third opinion. 
Eventually, you find out the diagnosis, the treatment that makes sense for you, and then you get corrected and fixed up and whatever you have to do. And I don't think anybody will label you anti-science in your personal life for doing that, whether you might have torn ACL, whether you have cancer or anything in between. But yet during the pandemic, you were labeled X, Y, and Z if you didn't bow down and pray and worship at the altar of Tony Fauci, because Tony Fauci tried to tell us he is science. And if you don't believe in him, then you don't believe in science. So I thought that was a great point made by Joe Rogan with the whole mantra of trust the experts. 855-839-1210. All right, we'll come back and continue. Mystery pneumonia lands in the United States. Cases in Ohio, Massachusetts, and other states. What's really going on here? We'll get into it as we continue. Kale and Company, back after this. We have to talk about, let's just picture ourselves, right? On the hotel balcony, just savoring the sunset, sipping on that lemon cello behind the Isle of Capri. Join me next spring. We're going to discover the wonderful sights in southern Italy with my friends from Conservative Tours, the Abbey of Monte Cassino, Pompeii, enough time, of course, to see all the great sights, including Rome, the ancient sights, all while enjoying a gastronomical event for 12 incredible days of touring. Olive oil production, a mozzarella farm, and yeah, the wineries, the tasting sessions, the group dining events, and they're known for these, are legendary. Just ask Dom and Ro Giordano. 5267, and yes, that includes nonstop airfare. I can just smell the lemon groves outside my hotel window in Sorrento. Call toll-free. 888-733-9494. You can go to conservativetours.com. Scroll down. You'll see my picture there. And yes, Larry Menti, my husband, our sons, we're ranking at a family trip because uh, they've never, Larry and the boys have never even been to Italy before at all, let alone southern Italy. These are some of the most beautiful places in the world, including, we'll find out why so many Italians take their vacations, in a place known as Italy's best kept secret, Puglia. Charming villages, unparalleled cuisine. So we'll go to all of the unspoiled yet picturesque areas, authentically Italian. Join me, won't you? ConservativeTours.com. ConservativeTours.com. Tell them Dawn sent you. It's Kale and Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Mustard. Kale and Company, 722. <laughs> as soon as I heard the, the promo, don't let Woke win, I immediately thought of DeSanctus. <laughs> he didn't let Newsom win last night, that's for sure. 855-839-1210. As we roll on, the cut sheet coming up at 745. going to be a loaded edition, a lot of goodies for you, both in part one and part two. This segment brought to you by Piazza Premium Automobiles. You can discover the luxury of the Mercedes-Benz lineup, including the mid-size GLC SUV and the fully electric EQ models. Test drive today at Mercedes-Benz of Westchester, Wilmington, and now Atlantic City. 855-839-1210. That's how you climb it. So a couple of things here with uh, COVID, and we we just talked about how Fauci will be testifying two days behind closed doors and then a public hearing uh, will follow those activities on January the 8th and the 9th. And we've been following this story for a handful of days now with this 
you know, mysterious pneumonia. They call it white lung pneumonia. That was originated in China. Chinese hospitals, especially in Beijing, being overwhelmed, mostly affecting younger children, ranging in the age group of three to eight years old. And we said it was just a matter of time before it arrived in the United States. Now, what I think is interesting here, and this is why I think there's uh, reason for optimism, you're not seeing it reported a whole heck of a lot in mainstream media. Most of this I've gotten from the Daily Mail and other outlets. So I'm not really sure yeah. what that means. The sun. Or what that's... Yeah, yeah. yeah. You are you are correct in that. The mainstream's not banging yes. the fear drum. You are, you are 100% correct in that, is that if, if you really want to see some stories on this, you have to go to the Daily Mail or the UK Sun. Right. Uh, which are owned, which are both owned by, by uh, News Corp, by the way. That's, that's correct. Yeah. Well, and they're more British. Yeah. So the Brits, it's a foreign entity, mm-hmm. like BBC and so on. Yep. So, so I think the American media stations maybe are not picking up on it because mm-hmm. it's it's more of a concern, right? You know, overseas. Which is interesting. All of these diseases, going back to COVID, they they seem to start in the Far East. They work their way across Europe. Then they come to the United States. They go from right to left on your radio dial, Mike. Um, <laughs> and yet all the bad policies from progressives and liberals start out on the West Coast. and They work mm-hmm. their way to the East, going from left to right across your radio dial, Mike. Uh, but here's the thing. So Massachusetts is now reporting, in addition to Ohio, yeah. that they are seeing spikes. Uh, Massachusetts saying it's being hit by the wave of white lung pneumonia in children, as Ohio County now issues a similar Warning, in Warren County, just 30 miles outside of Cincinnati, there have been 142 pediatric cases of this condition, dubbed white lung syndrome, since August. Now, now look, 142 cases since August, that's, that's not a whole heck of a lot. Meanwhile, in western Massachusetts, physicians are seeing a whole lot of walking pneumonia, a milder form of the lung condition, which is being caused by a mixture of bacterial and viral infections. Neither outbreak is being caused by a novel pathogen, and not all of the pneumonia cases are being caused by the same infection. But a source, and this is where I, this is now where I do get a little concerned, a source at the CDC told the Daily Mail that nationally, quote, nothing is out of the ordinary in this data. So you take that for what it's worth. I have very little faith anymore in places like the CDC, the WHO, and the NIH. And then you had a doctor, Dr. Amesh Adahala, an infectious disease expert from Johns Hopkins University in Maryland, telling the Daily Mail that, quote, I would caution against extrapolating one Ohio county to a country of 330 million people. I like to hear that. Let's not overreact to one county in a nation with, as they said, 330-plus million people. Uh, But he did go on to say he would not be entirely surprised if some places in the U.S. are above the baseline this year, as it appears that several different uh, viral and bacterial infections are now in a rebound phase post-COVID. The average age of these patients is eight through some as young as three years old. So that's the first one. And then secondly, we're now seeing a an uptick in cases of COVID with the variant BA 2.86. This is from Fox News. Uh, in the last two weeks, COVID cases have now tripled in the United States and comprise between 15, uh, 5 and 15% of all infections 
that according to the CDC. So I think this is just merely something that we should be paying attention to. Keep it on your radar. You're seeing the uptick in COVID cases in this country. That doesn't seem to be much of an issue, in my opinion, because at this point, you either have had COVID, you've been vaccinated, you've been boosted, whatever your personal choice was. That doesn't really worry me. It's this this COVID or this this white lung pneumonia, this white lung syndrome is the one that I'm really keeping an eye on because, as we know, a lot of this starts from China. And oh, by the way, who was just here a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, Xi yeah. Jinping. Yeah, now it probably has nothing to do with it, but I'm just saying the optics of it don't look good. Yeah, that that's a great point. I mean, I just got this um, this update from the CDC, and they're talking about this variant name they nicknamed it pyrola p-i-r-o-l-a sounds like a delicacy and but there's the world health organization others are saying that's the one to watch mm-hmm. it's the covid variant yep. oh, for god's sake i know mm-hmm. what, what they all get weaker as they go every variant has been less uh less dangerous but more transmissible with this uh with this the white lung pneumonia stuff is it fatal I mean, they're saying it's it's a hardcore respiratory issue, but it's only affecting the youths of the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we had the fir- the first. Let's face it, COVID really impacted those that were older and those that had like pre existing conditions and comorbidities. And now this this variant or this whatever this thing is that's circulating is going after younger children, where you've got like a six year old in a hospital bed, you know, hooked up to you know a ventilator or you know assisted breathing treatments and things like that. So. Um, it, it seems. If, I, I would just say, if you're a parent, it's just something to keep an eye on. Uh, especially, I would assume if your child has asthma, which I would imagine only complicates things. Yeah. But there's there are reports, for example, in Ohio, that this pediatric pneumonia, these cases, are had caused some concern. So mm-hmm. it's here in this country. It's oh, I know in Ohio. It's only one state. Right? It's only that's why I'm bringing it up. It's only yeah. one state over but, from us. But it's one. It's in a specific county, right? Yeah. Like Warren, Warren County. County. Warren yep. County, um, yep. Ohio. It's just outside of Cincinnati. So yep. just something to keep on your radar. It'll be interesting to see how the media covers it when we get to like, I don't know, January or February of two thousand twenty four. But but to your point, you're 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 quoting two three sources. Fox News, Daily Mail, and UK Sun that are all owned by Murdoch. That's correct. So, you know, when we talk about the mainstream media's fear, who's who's writing these stories? Yeah, I know. It, it's coming from the right this time, not so much the left. And it's certainly not coming from Mehdi Hassan. <laughs> and it won't be coming from Mehdi Hassan. <laughs> Details on that story as we continue later on this morning. 855-839-1210. Kutchi in just about 15 minutes. But we just talked in the last couple of days about... All of these big, massive left-wing corporations that are pulling their advertising budgets away from Twitter and away from Elon Musk because on X, anti-Semitism is running amok. Well, actually, there's a survey out that shows it's worse on TikTok. So will those same companies pull their money and their ad spots from TikTok? The details coming up next. Kale and Company, Talk Radio 1210, WPHD. You've heard me talk about what a crock and their delicious ready-made meals before. If you're a busy parent like me, or maybe you could just use some easy meals, but delicious, healthy, hearty meals, you are going to love what a crock. So I just put the meal in my slow cooker in the morning, run around all day. And when we come home, dinner is simmering and just smells so good when you walk in through the mudroom into the kitchen 
And Larry and the boys are like, oh, that smells great. What's for dinner? I say, what a crock is for dinner. Unlike most meal kit companies, and this is what's critical to me, there is not any prep required at all. Cleanup is a breeze. It is literally as simple as dropping a meal into your slow cooker and boom, dinner is handled. Done and one and done. Whatacrock.com has a huge menu, more than 50 meals you can try from the classic classics like old-fashioned pot roast and chicken alfredo, which are delicious, to the new favorites like the stuffed chicken parm meatballs and the honey garlic chicken with veggies. Like I told you before, the chicken parm meatballs, that's David's. He asks for those every night. So it, it's delicious because in the very center is a little bit of that cheese you know, in in the center, like this melted cheese. Oh, my goodness. They're so delicious. You just bite into them. So tender. I know I'm making you hungry. There's no subscription, no commitment required to order. And you can order exactly what you want whenever you want it. I like all those options, too. Make sure you use promo code WPHT at checkout. Get $10 off. Whatacrock.com. Code WPHT. 10 bucks off. If you've tried Whatacrock before... You already know that it's a lifesaver. Really, it's a lifesaver for me. Order now, whatacrock.com. Tell Dawn sent you. It's Kale & Company On Demand. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Friday morning as we roll along, Nick, Dawn, and Greg. What's on the cut sheet? Well, you're going to find out in just about nine minutes. After the cut sheet this morning, we've got a dead spin update for you. The ratings are in for CNN's new show with Charles Barkley and Gail King. I'll just tell you this, um, they were not good. We'll get to that. Mehdi Hassan and MSNBC, big shakeup on their network. And uh, also, Schellenberger and Taibbi in the news again, talking about censorship and election interference. Uh, and then also, we have to get to this story, probably in the 9 o'clock hour, about airplane seating etiquette when it comes to being a single flyer versus a family, and who is out of line. We'll get to that. There'll be some visual with that on the YouTube side of things, so stick around for that. 855-839-1210 is how you climb in. So, I, I thought this was very interesting. Being, you know, Elon Musk has been making a lot of headlines lately. Um, I, I like Elon Musk in many regards. Not everything. Um, I'm a fan of his when it comes to free speech and what he has done for Twitter. Not necessarily on the same page with him when it comes to climate and you know, electric vehicles and things like that. Um, but he has been somewhat of a... You know, a mouthpiece, a leader, a spokesperson for people on the right that want their chance to share their opinion on social media, and he has certainly re uh, reestablished a two-way street of speech uh, on X, formerly known as Twitter. Now, he's taken a lot of heat for what people perceive to be an anti-Semitic comment. Um, we know that he spoke uh, at one of these New York Times functions with I forget the name of that reporter, but he's actually pretty solid. Um, Andrew Roth Sorkin. Andrew Roth Sorkin. Yeah. And, and uh, by the way, he said it was it was actually a really funny moment because apparently Andrew Roth Sorkin and Elon Musk have been friends for a while. Oh yeah. And Elon Musk said the only reason I I agreed to do this and waive my speaking fee is because you and I have been okay. friends for a long time, but then called him by the wrong name. <laughs> 
<laughs> and he threw his buddy a bone, and which, then he botched it. Which I think was amazingly yes. hysterical. And as we know, he has told these advertisers in, in light of you know his what they deemed was an anti-Semitic comment. And then you had all of these big-time corporations that were trying to say, and Media Matters stirring the pot, saying, oh, there's just all this anti-Semitism content on Twitter and X, and your business is running an ad right next to it. You don't want to be seen in that light to which uh, Elon Musk has told all of these companies, as well as Bob Iger, Go f*** yourself. That's exactly <laughs> what he has said. Um, and now there's a new survey out, and this is from Anthony Goldblum. A new survey suggests that TikTok is a meaningful driver of a surge in, in anti-Semitism. Uh, and he laid out a Twitter thread. Uh, you can actually read the full thread if you go to his Twitter, which is at Ant Goldbloom, A-N-T Goldbloom. Uh, and then there's the report, if you want to see the source and the link, um, it is at github.com, where he has all of this data. But I'll just read you a few of the tweets, and then I'm going to ask this very simple question. He says, spending at least 30 minutes a day on TikTok increases the chances that a respondent holds anti-Semitic or anti-Israel views by 17%, compared with only 6% for Instagram and 2% for X. So there's 15% more anti-Semitism content on every left darling's TikTok than there is the dangerous and uh, diabolical Twitter X that Elon Musk has recreated where, where all the racists and the transphobes share their views of the day. TikTok users are more likely to believe that Jewish people are dishonest in business, are disloyal to America, and have too much power in the media. They are also more likely to disagree that Israel has a right to defend itself against those who want to destroy it. This is not surprising, Anthony Goldblum says, when you consider that for every view of a TikTok video with a pro-Israel hashtag in the U.S., there are 54 views of videos with pro-Palestinian hashtags. In fact, Free Palestine is currently one of the top performing hashtags across all of TikTok. This ratio differs from opinion polls, which show sentiment among Americans aged 18 to 24 are split roughly equally when it comes to pro-Israel and pro-Hamas. He says all of this matters. TikTok has tremendous reach, and the chart below that he is showing in this Twitter thread uh, benchmarks views of pro-Palestinian videos in the U.S. against visits to the 10 mainstream news websites. There's a few more tweets in this thread, but I would just want to know, NBC Universal, Comcast, Coca-Cola, and all of these companies that have basically tried, and I don't think it's blackmail, as Elon Musk has claimed it to be, I think it's just a threat of a boycott, which I'm still against because I don't think, and this is just my opinion, I guess everybody views Twitter and X differently. I have not, and I've said this, and I've been consistent with this, I don't see much of a difference in Twitter or X since Elon Musk purchased no, it over a year ago. Absolutely not. You have to, you have to, you have to go for looking for it. You right? have to go looking for it, which is what, which is the problem with this whole thing is, is that's exactly what Media Matters did. Mm -hmm. They went looking mm -hmm. for it. Right. And if you go looking for something, you can find stuff. That's correct. You know what I mean? It doesn't necessarily mean, like, if you type in uh, Nazi propaganda and then, you know, look mm -hmm. it up, and, you know, 
Odds are there might be an ad there. So you take a screenshot yeah. of it. That doesn't mean like, you know, millions and millions of people saw it. It right. means that, that they had a search engine mm-hmm. that they put in and, you know, there happened to be an ad next to yeah. it. And the same thing applies in real life, because I, I've said, and I know, Greg, you agree with this, social media, Twitter is not real life, but you can go out in in the real world. I'm not saying there's not racism in the real world. I'm not saying there's not transphobic people in the real world, but you really have to go almost out of your way to search for it and find it. It yep. exists. It's just not slapping you upside the head saying, hey, here we are. 100%. And, and, and you can find it on social media. Yeah, but what, what Musk's lawsuit alleges is they did more at media matters allegedly than just find it they found something then they allegedly manipulated it and then kept promoting it Mm -hmm. all alleged yep and then created it right and then according to the lawsuit basically framed Mm -hmm. elon musk's uh you know platform right framed them essentially of these anti-semitic posts and yeah, that's they, what the lawsuit lays out correct they, they turned this into a big production by going out and searching for it and then basically artificially creating their entire case based on essentially a copy and paste job of the stuff that they sought out and found which anybody can do mm-hmm. i mean essentially to dumb it down they grabbed the magazine they cut out a bunch of pictures and they made a collage out of it yes congratulations it's like going on the internet and saying well all i see on the internet is uh is uh, is porn yep <laughs> okay what are you searching for <laughs> you know what i mean like like the internet and google and all of these things these algorithms are meant to show you what you want to see, mm-hmm. what you search for. Yeah. So it's, Twitter is uh, Twitter is operating the same way. Mm-hmm. So if you're going looking for Nazi propaganda and this and that, you're going to find it. You're going to find it anywhere. Yep. So that's the that's the most egregious thing about this whole mm-hmm. thing is is that it's it's dishonest because you. you the internet is what you make of it. It's your oyster. Yeah, exactly. It caters to you. Yes. Honestly, is what it does. Yes. And with the rise of AI, it's no longer about you going to search for it. All these websites and these browsers track you, so they know your tendencies. They know what you're, you're looking for, and they cater to you, and they plaster it on. You could go, like, you could be, I'm one of these guys, I'm always on, like, a golf website, looking at different golf equipment and stuff. And then I go to, like, Fox News, and I've got TaylorMade and Titleist ads course, popping up on of the Of course. Because they know what i like yes of course that that's the i mean that that is it just goes into whatever you're searching so for these people to say well well it's 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 next to nazi propaganda or this that and the other yes it's being manipulated because they want it to be manipulated that yep. way yep no doubt about it 855-839-1210 if you would like to climb in 1210 wpht on social media or get on over to YouTube, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT, as 745 has arrived, and it's time for a Friday installment of What's on the Cut Sheet. What's Always the best. on the Cut Sheet? What's on the Cut Sheet on this Friday is brought to you by our good friends at Cherry Hill Volvo. Now is a great time to go because they need to clear their lot. They're undergoing a state-of-the-art of renovation and need to make room for construction vehicles. Take advantage of incredible sale and lease options. Cherry Hill Volvo. Check them out on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. Go there now. 
Tell me you heard about them on 1210 WPHD. Listen, I have... Look, if you're watching on YouTube, I have four pages. Okay? Oh, my God. I have, I have a ton of stuff here. Huh. I have all the DeSantis v... Um, what's his name? Uh, Noose. <laughs> Noose. Uh, I will get to that in one second. I just wanted to get a few a few um, other clips out of the way. Sure. Little Brian Stelter was on The View last night, <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> promoting his new book. Um, and he told, he told, uh, it's all about the, the Fox News Dominion lawsuit. Um, he, he, he praised the ladies on The View, saying how important their job was, <laughs> saying that The View is must-watch TV because you guys are louder than the liars. Uh-huh. Oh. Or it's just the dumbing down of America. <laughs> cut, cut one, guys, go. Can I mention one thing? I do think, because I, I have a few friends at Fox, they have a handful of very good reporters, like Trey Yanks, Jennifer Griffin, people who cover actual news, and it is so hard for that journalist, those journalists, that they have to be next to basically people espousing propaganda. That's what makes it a very uncomfortable environment. It's multiple things in one. Fox, though, it still is the beating heart of the GOP. Yeah. I think it's really important to study it for that reason. We have to know how it works and how it sometimes doesn't work, how it goes wrong, because we should all have a to have a truthier, healthier environment. Truthier. That's why I love this show. Yeah, like you guys are louder than the liars. Welcome at this table, at this very truthy table. Well, a couple of things. One, they are loud. He's not wrong there. Two, um, I don't know what it is. I, I I thought kind of reading books was a thing of the past. I thought people kind of read things digitally. I don't know. Maybe I should get into the I'm going to write a book business. Who the hell wants to read Brian Stelter's book is well, my question. Well, apparently not a lot because it was published on November 14th. Stelter's book to this date has, this is according to Nielsen Bookscan, has sold 3,800 copies. <laughs> 3,800 copies. And it's been out since when? Since uh, November 14th. Okay. He's been uh, 17 days. He's sold 3,800 copies. So I don't think he's going to be cracking the uh, New York <laughs> Times bestseller list anytime soon. So to your point, no, nobody is reading that book. However, for you to say that nobody's reading actual physical books is wrong. Yeah, I was being facetious. Oh, I know. Little I cheek. But does he do the audio version? Because that would be oh, fun to play parts of it. Oh, darling. Oh, Brian Stelter. You know how he's. Oh, Bill, <laughs> Anthony, if you can get on that, if you, oh. can, you can use my corporate card and we'll. We'll download the Audible app <laughs> and get Brian Stelter's yeah, um, audiobook. By the way, by yeah. the way, mm-hmm. uh, listening to books, um, listening to books like the audio version mm-hmm. is 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 amazing. Yeah, I do it all the time. Yeah, I listen on the treadmill and mm-hmm. you know people do it sitting and, poolside when they're yeah, relaxing. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. It is a pretty cool concept. Absolutely. Um, one thing on the actual content of what he said. Um, I think, again, this is where you have to differentiate between two different facets of whether it's Fox News or MSNBC or CNN. There's a difference between the talk show hosts, the opinionists, the talking heads that do primetime shows versus the shows that are on earlier in the day that are more news-oriented and fact-based with a little bit of opinion and commentary versus the Trey Yinks of the world or whoever CNN sends out to Israel for you know being on the ground. There's a total separation here between those true journalists that are giving facts and reporting on live wars versus the Jesse Waters of the world. I think and and I think that that's the kind of stuff that I think bothers a guy like Stelter who is essentially relegated to being what was what was his previous title at CNN? He was a fact checker. 
I mean, no, I, no, no, no. He was, uh, he hosted, what was that show called, Don? Did he have a show? Little Brian Stelter. Reliable Sources. <laughs> yeah. I think he, that show, by the way. Reliable Sources. Yeah. By the way, that, that Reliable Sources show has been around since the 90s. It's been around forever. Okay. He was just one of the Rotate, hosts. Of new host. Became okay. Unreliable Sources. The Unreliable Sources. I think guys like Stelter are jealous of those that have the big primetime opinion-driven entertainment shows. And I think that's what kind of motivates him to write a piece like this. Just my personal opinion. Uh, Dawn made reference to this earlier uh, on the brink of possibly being expelled from Congress. Embattled uh, Representative George Santos defended himself during an hour-long debate on the House floor uh, yesterday. Santos is facing his third expulsion uh, vote this year. And uh, he had some supporters. One of them was Matt Gates, who said... It's funny. Yeah, it's funny the way Matt Gates puts this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his point is correct. Like I give a you know what more about what's happening to Bob Menendez uh, than I do George Santos. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way <laughs> the way Gates kind of throws a little shade at Santos here is kind of amazing. Cut okay. three guys go. Mr. Speaker, whatever Mr. Santos did with Botox or OnlyFans. <laughs> is far less concerning to me than the indictment against Senator Menendez, who's holding gold bars inscribed with Arabic on them from Egypt while he is still getting classified briefings today. But he's not getting thrown out of the Senate. He's getting classified briefings under indictment for bribery. But what, what, because Santos was, was buying Botox and OnlyFans were going to throw him out? <laughs> <laughs> OnlyFans. It's amazing. It is a great comparison. It, 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 it's the best way to support somebody but kind of throw shade at yeah. them yeah. a little bit, right? Yeah, he kind of throws them under the bus, he does. but he doesn't back it over with and, him. And later, uh, later in that clip, too, I didn't pull it, they're like, and George Santos, whoever he is, <laughs> <laughs> which is... Which is just amazing. I mean, his point is correct. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when you have scumbags, uh, allegedly scumbags, uh, like Bob Menendez, uh, still you know getting briefings. Yeah, um, kind of a conflict of interest to be getting yeah. briefed on things like that while being compensated from across Agreed. the pond. Agreed. Yeah. Um, I, I I'm dying to see know what you guys make of this. Okay. Former CNN cr- uh, host Chris Cuomo was on the uh, Patrick Bet David podcast, mm-hmm. and. He said he's open to voting for Donald Trump in 2024. No way! Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. listen to him, he, he kind of hedges his bets a little bit. But it's 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 a little... I don't know. It, is he is he shooting for a new gig, guys? Yeah. Future host yeah. on Fox News, Chris well, Cuomo. I, I don't know about that, but I, it's, it seems to me that he's, he's keeping all of his options open. No, the News Nation thing might not be panning out. This is a far different Chris Cuomo than I've heard in the past. Cut four, guys, go. It's, if it's Biden, Trump, look, for me, again, um, we survived a Trump administration. Uh, would we survive another one? Yes. Yes. I don't think there's any greater risk to America with him than with Biden. And for people who are now going to attack me and say, what are you talking about? Trump is like this crazy man. Well, look, you know, as Patrick says, the data is the data. Nobody was trying to kill us when Trump was president in a way that they're not now. If anything, there's more hostility. And you can have reasons for that any way you want. I'm just saying existentially, I'm not afraid of a Trump presidency. Um, existentially, I'm not afraid of another Biden presidency because unlike many people in America, I believe 
that the country is much stronger than any individual leader. Um, we survived the Russia thing. We survived January 6th. We survived having Biden as a gaffe machine. We survived uh, Congress uh, going after each other and doing nothing for the rest of us. We survive these things. Are we better for it? No. Uh, should we be doing things differently? Yes. I think it happens. I don't know when. I don't even know why. But, you know, in terms of who I'm going to vote for, I would really have to see where we are at that moment in time. Uh, and So you're open to a Trump vote? I am always open. And I'll tell you this. People say, oh, you've never voted for a Republican in your life. Wrong. And not only have I, the first vote I ever cast was for a Republican. Okay, so I would want to know who that was and when that was. And he kind of takes the, you know, some of the starch and the negative energy away from Trump, but he also kind of double talks where he says, you know, I, I, I think I'm arriving at the conclusion that he thinks it ultimately doesn't matter who the president is. America will survive regardless, which I disagree with. I think the president does matter because you look at Joe's first three years versus Trump's first three years. It is night and day. But I'm a little I'm a little blown away by this. I got to admit it. And I don't know what's more surprising. The fact that a Cuomo is willing to leave it an open possibility on the table that he votes for Trump or the fact that Trump's now got BLM support. So my I'm just doing a little ciphering here. Chris Cuomo Chris Cuomo is 53 years old. He was born in 1970. Is it Reagan? 1888 would be 1988 uh, okay. probably 1988 89 first bush i'm guessing it was either no no no. it would have been 88 89 would have been the end of the reg maybe it was actually maybe it was it's, when did when did rudy giuliani take take over new york city 90 mayor of new york city uh, no it was 92 it was 89 wasn't 89? it Okay, so you're thinking he might, he might have voted Republican outside of a presidential I'm election. It, I'm guessing it wasn't a presidential election. I'm guessing it okay. was a local New York election. So that's why I'm thinking maybe, but maybe, wait, what, maybe did Rudy he say Giuliani. Pre- did he say president? No, he did no. not. He said the first. He said the first vote that I cast. Well, the first one that he would be eligible for is at 18 in 1988, and that would be HW. Because HW was 88 to 92. Yeah, but it was Clinton took over in ninety three. Well, yeah, because it would have been November of eighty eight. So now, if if it's not that, and it is presidential, then we're talking about who? I mean, did he vote for (laughs) Bob Dole, G W Bush? I mean, I don't know. I have I have my doubts. Ninety six. I think you're right. It's it's um, Giuliani. I think think you're right. I think it was Giuliani. Okay. There was at that time in New York City, 88, 89, when Giuliani was, you know, running for mayor. Like, he had bipolar. Everybody loved Rudy Giuliani Mm -hmm. at that time. He did a great job, too. Um, Yeah, I'm guessing it was was probably Rudy Giuliani. Here's the the big 30,000-foot observation from this. Whether it's Cuomo, whether it's a BLM leader supporting Trump, whether it's somebody flipping from D to R like that mayor did in Dallas— Joe Biden's policies are indefensible. There is, I mean, he's polling at 27% support with independence. It, like, once you, you know you're cooked as a Democrat when all of the mainstream media bails on you. We saw this start about seven or eight months ago. Oh, here comes the New York Times hit piece on Joe. Here comes the Washington Post hit piece on Joe. They only do this when there's nothing to defend anymore. 
Uh, so we're getting fact checked here. It was Rudy ran in '93. That's what I thought. No, I'm looking at. I, I looked it up. It, he ran. He ran some. He for ran something in '89. Did he not? Yeah. How many he, terms did he serve? Two. Let me see here. I he just had, had it up. For, he had to be he there for at least eight, eight years, right? Don't, don't, don't challenge me, damn it. Uh, Giuliani first ran for New York City mayor in 1989 when he attempted to unseat three-term incumbent. That was Ed, Ed Koch. Koch. Yes. Okay. So that was 1989. Greg was right. Okay. Greg's always right. So he first mm-hmm. ran, but he did he win that election? He won the Republican primary. Okay. And so maybe that's what... Yeah. Cuomo was talking about that he okay. he he flipped maybe he flipped and or, or maybe he registered as a Republican for Giuliani I don't know let me see if I can pull up his Wikipedia and see when he actually served in office as the mayor uh, he was the yeah he was uh, the mayor from ninety four to oh one yes yep yeah but I'm seven years uh, seven year term eight years I guess technically but he started running mm-hmm. in the late eighties correct that was my whole point mm-hmm. yep. Um, a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing went off the rails yesterday. I don't know if you guys saw this. After the the Democratic chair, Dick Durbin, blocked Republican lawmakers from debating a judicial nomination uh, yesterday. Yeah. He denied the request from his GOP colleagues to discuss judicial nominees, claiming the senators were already given the option to talk about the merits of the nominee. Following Durbin's decision, the hearing took a tense turn as lawmakers began accusing the Democratic chair of destroying the United States Senate Judiciary Committee, according to Senator John Cornyn. Durbin justified his action before the meeting by telling reporters it would have taken hours to sort out the 177 amendments filed by Republicans. The panel voted on the judicial nominations of Mustafa Tara Kusabi for the job of U.S. District for the District of Oregon and Umi Lee for U.S. District Judge for the Northern District of California. Here's just a little bit of how that sounded. Cut two guys go. To the subpoena authorization, we've considered the nominees. First is Judge Mustafa Kashubai, nominated to the U.S. District Court for the District of Oregon. The clerk will call the roll. Mr. Chairman, are we going to have an opportunity to speak on the nominees? Yes, we're going to. Oh, I'm sorry. We already had done that at great length. Well, I think um, this deserves some commentary. Um, given the nature of the nominee, and uh, I'd like to ask to speak on the nomination. Senator, we've debated these two nominees twice. Mr. Chairman, I would also like to speak on the nomination. I I understand what you'd like to do, but I'm saying that in fairness, we have debated these nominees twice, and I ask the clerk to call the roll. Mr. Chairman, you're denying us an opportunity to speak on on a nominee. Third time, no. Okay, do this. We don't have a right to speak under the rules? Under the third uh, third time, I'd say no. So you're you're just going to make it up? Yeah. I'd like to There's going to be a lot of consequences like coming here. To, Mr. You're going to have a lot of consequences Mr. Kennedy. coming if you go down this road. You better I've cautioned you. I've cautioned a lot of you. The clerk will call the rule. Listen to me. I've cautioned a lot of you. Ooh. Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, don't we get the opportunity to speak? We're in a roll call. No, you're a Republican. So shut you're up. telling even us to shut up? Mem- even though multiple you members have asked to speak? You want us to shut up? Is that what you're saying? A lot of people didn't speak on the two nominees before. We've done. I would, would you raise your hand if you did not speak? Boy, shot on for ten minutes. A, a, a Democrat <laughs> saying no, Republicans, you must be silent and be quiet. Uh, by the way, rough day yesterday mm-hmm. for for Dick Durbin on many fronts. Um, Dick this, is a 
protector of a pedophile. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yes. There it is. Yes, with the Epstein logs. Loser. Um, what ha- do you have, you have that cut, right? I think you have the... No. So Senator Marsha Blackburn, Republican from, mm-hmm. from Brentwood, Tennessee... She actually lived about 10 minutes from me, except she's got a lot of uh, a lot more real estate than I ever had. Um, but anyway, uh, Marshall Blackburn tried to get the uh, flight logs released again of some, some Democrats, and Dick Durbin blocked her. Dick blocked her request to subpoena Jeffrey Epstein's yeah. flight logs. Yeah, it was a dick block. This is, re- yep, and, and it's sick. Yeah, it is. I mean, this is a guy, first, the guy's dead, but he, he's a pedophile. Yeah, what are they hiding? Exactly. Honestly, so, like, wh- why, why, why is it so hard to find out who was? I mean, we already know Bill Clinton took forty different trips, so they can't let the. If we already know about Clinton, I mean, can't we know about the the, the so called lesser Democrats, so to speak? <clears throat> well, I think I I would love to know what's on the the list of those flight logs well, because, to your point, I would assume his name might be on there if he's protecting it, or mm-hmm. maybe he, maybe he is Greg, or maybe is he protecting big donors? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot of people on that list that they don't want the public to realize. By the way, I, just to protect myself, I'm just alleging all of this stuff. I have no idea, but it just it appears to me that if you're if you don't want something released, mm-hmm. there's a reason for yeah. it. If you got nothing to hide, don't hide it. Yeah. Don't block it, Mr. Durbin. Sick. Yep. Why would oh this is this is I I'm, I'm and I, I think why America, would they not want that release? America's mm. fascinated by this. I mean, I can't tell you how many times when we get like we do our, our show prep and we get an email, there's always a, a Jeffrey Epstein uh, you know, story and I know Dorenzo's fascinated by it. I think there's a lot of people on that list that if that list got released to the public it would be not only career suicide. I think there's a lot of people's livelihoods, um, living would be in question and in jeopardy. A lot, you know. Child, it's nauseating. In part of her statement, um, Marsha Blackburn, she put out. She said that why don't Democrats want to reveal to find out the names or let Americans find out the names of every person who participated in Jeffrey Epstein's. I- Human trafficking ring. By the way, I don't just want Democrat names released. I want every name and released. That's yeah, right. Absolutely. We want it all. Get them out. Every single last one of them. Is that is that what he he was objecting to? That yes, it was he just... blocked her subpoena. Yeah. Her subpoena request. It was probably within that full ten minute clip or later on during the day, but that's why I said it was a rough day for Durbin. He was he was getting pushback from everybody, and rightfully so. But guys, she she first moved to have these flight records. She first pushed for this subpoena and applied for this a month ago. Yeah. He's been blocking this, continues to block it. Stonewalled whole, it every turn. Yep. Why? Yep. You dick, Durbin. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, dick. Go <laughs> yourself. No, it's, I think that that's out, really outrageous. It is. And it should be, it's such a scandal. Yeah. Um. Mm-mm. All right, let, yeah, let's put a pin in this and come back to it. All right, uh, the DeSantis... Newsom debate for those of you just tuning in late in the program. Uh, we spent most of the six o'clock hour on it, but it's it's uh, it's worthy for you uh, you people who just you know start listening in the eight o'clock hour. Yeah. First of all, where are you? Yeah, no. We started six a.m. Thank you very much. Sleeping in again. Sleeping in. It's fast. Yeah, it's, nice. it's Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, so they both started off talking about the uh, migration from uh, Florida or California to Florida. Cali- uh, Florida to California, back and forth, back and forth. Cut five, guys, go. Governor DeSantis, have the first question. You will get the last word tonight. Uh, so I begin with you. You know, for Governor Newsom, I will ask, you know, 
what your response is on this as well. What are you? It's a simple question. By the I, way, that that smile on that smile on DeSantis. So odd. It's so odd. He's I, he's been he's been coached yes. up to do that. Yeah. Except he doesn't execute what he's being coached up to do. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look. I, I'm not criticizing his substance. His substance was all there. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm sure. I'm literally talking about yeah. his his. He's socially just yeah. not that dude. Yeah. He's the complete opposite of Donald Trump. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. We continue. Yep. How do you explain this phenomenon? What Governor? What's going on? When I was in the Navy, I got orders to go to Naval Amphibious Base Coronado in Southern California. And I was a lifeline Floridian, but I went there and I was like, man, this is one of the most beautiful places on Earth. And I think California has more natural advantages than any state in the country. You almost have to try to mess California up. Yeah, that's what Gavin Newsom has done since he's been governor. He's the first governor to ever lose population. They actually at one point ran out of U-Hauls in the state of California because so many people were leaving. Of course, he's imposed restrictions on his own people while exempting himself from those restrictions and going to the French laundry while his people were suffering. He led the country in school closures, locking kids out of school while he had his own kids in private school in person. Now, he's very good at spinning these these tales. He's good at, at being slick and slippery. He'll, he'll tell a blizzard of lies to be able to try to mask the failures. But the reality is they have failed because of his leftist ideology. And the choice for America is this. What Biden and Harris and Newsom want to do is take the California model and do that nationally. In Florida, we showed that conservative principles work. This country must choose freedom over failure. I thought that was really good, and I thought Newsom dropped the ball because apparently before they they went on the air with the broadcast, and Hannity even says it in the beginning, that Hannity wasn't even present for it. They did a coin flip to see who would go and answer first on the first question. Gavin Newsom won the coin toss but decided to elect DeSantis to go first, which I think is a strategic error, especially if it's going to be really honestly on, on any topic because first impressions matter. And he crushed Newsom on that answer right there. And uh, here's some substance for you with, when it comes to California. I mean, California has had success. You heard DeSantis say, uh, you got to be basically a moron to screw it up in California, <laughs> right? Ronald Reagan was the governor from 67 to 75. I know Schwarzenegger, not really a conservative by any stretch, but he was, quote, a Republican. He was, there's been pockets of times where California has been under Republican control and has done very well as a state. They have failed epically with this guy in any of these progressive policies. Uh, Gavin Newsom then responded um, after that uh, line of questioning. Well, it's good to be with you, Sean. It's nice also to see you in a a tie as well. (laughs) Good to be with you, uh, Ron. And I I dressed up for the occasion, Governor. No, I'm I'm impressed and I'm grateful. Look, uh, it's an important occasion. This is an important conversation. And and I, I think it's important to folks watching. They're probably wondering what are we actually doing here? And, yes. and, and I want to answer that very directly. I'll tell you why I'm here. I'm, I'm here uh, to tell the truth about the Biden-Harris record and also compare and contrast Ron DeSantis' record and the Republican Party's record as a point of contrast that's as different as daylight and darkness. You want to bring us back to a pre-1960s world, America in reverse. Uh, You want to roll back hard-earned national rights on voting rights, on civil rights, on LGBTQ rights, on women's rights, not just access to abortion, but also access to contraception. You want to weaponize grievance. You are focusing on false separateness. 
You in particular, Ron, are on a banning binge, a cultural purge, intimidating and humiliating people you disagree with. You and President Trump are really trying to light democracy on fire. So, Sean, there are profound differences tonight, and I look forward to engaging. But there's one thing in closing that we have in common is neither of us will be the nominee for our party in 2024. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's all right, good, good night, folks. That's, that's it. That's a great line. Well, and then Hannity goes on to say, uh, sir, with all due respect, Governor Newsom, you didn't answer my question about migration and how do you explain California versus Florida. He did not remotely come close to answering the question. He then goes on to say that he will not be the nominee for the Dems in 2024. And in the beginning, I mean, he's there schmoozing and kissing up with Sean Hannity. I thought he dropped the ball the five ways to Sunday in the first two minutes of this debate. Do you? Absolutely. Yeah. He didn't answer the question. Um, I, well, well, let's... And how, how about... That's the other point. He mentions in the beginning, I'm here to defend the Biden-Harris administration. What are you, their lawyer? Or, or are you running for president to try to unseat Joe Biden? He was all, It almost sounded in the beginning there like he was sent in by the Biden administration to be an advocate for their era well you just referenced uh you just referenced uh hannity saying uh, with all due respect you didn't answer my question we have uh, that okay. exchange as well um i didn't have him saying you didn't answer that question this is cut seven this is the follow-up to that go governor um great opening statement <laughs> oh, there but we go. Didn't it did not address it, it I didn't mean, address think... the issue can you explain this migration out of California and going to red I mean, state, you mean, blue state. Well, hold on. You, you mean the, the, the last two years, more Floridians going to California than Californians going to Florida? No, I, I put up on, I put up on just, the By the way, that's going to be fun to fact check. So we'll just start right there. California has no peers. Uh, California dominates. Size of 21 state populations combined. It's the fifth largest economy in the world. We dominate. Number one manufacturing state. We dominate in two-way trade and research and development, uh, access to innovation, more scientists, more researchers, more engineers, more Nobel laureates in the state of California than any other state in the nation, the finest system of higher education. It's the birthplace of life science and biotech and nanotechnology. We dominate in green tech. We dominate in high tech. We dominate in artificial intelligence. So with respect, I think it's an interesting case campaign strategy for Ron DeSantis to be bashing a state of 40 million Americans when California simply has no peers. Well, that, that's a pretty slick way of not answering your question. He went on a binge of putting out a lot of left-wing platitudes. Here's what I would say. I, I talked to a lot of the people that have moved from California to Florida, and we never used to get people from California to Florida or really anywhere in the East Coast. Why would you leave California? It's got the best weather, Ron, great Ron, natural forces. Excuse me, yep, sir. Last so, but one of the four, things that I did, I had uh, uh, I was talking to a gentleman, a couple. Guys, I guys, I'm going to let the debate breathe. But it's his turn. Let's take let's take turns. So I was talking to a fella who had made the move from California uh, to Florida, and he was telling me that Florida is much better governed, uh, safer, better budget, uh, lower taxes, all this stuff. And he's really happy with the quality of life. And then he paused and he said, "And oh, by the way, I'm Gavin Newsom's father-in-law. So we do count." <laughs> Gavin's Ouch. in-laws oh. as some of the people that have fled California um, and come to the state of Florida. And, and why are we why are we getting people to come? We have a 50-year low in the crime rate. 
You don't see in the last 10 years, we've had a 45% decline in homelessness. California's had a 45% increase in homelessness. We back the blue. I was walking the streets of San Francisco a couple months ago, and I had some of the cops in San Francisco do a beeline to come over to me, and I didn't know what they were going to say. And they're like, we want to thank you for standing for law enforcement because we don't get that support in the All state right. of California. So people understand me, quality of life matters. They understand that Florida's doing it right, and I can tell you the numbers speak for themselves. We have way more people move moving on. to this state than leaving. Gavin can't say the opposite. More people are leaving California than are moving into more California. Let me, let me, coming, let me bring up. Coming to California the other way around the last two years. But let's talk about crime. Governor, hold on. Governor, wait a minute. I think hold on important. a second. He's been, you, you said you, a lot of things that were factually untrue, including that 50-year crime low, which his own law enforcement team said he should not be using. You, you, so there's two things that I want to say about with the facts that were being dropped there. To me, number one, um, when you see all of the the thing that separates Florida from other red states right now is when people are relocating from California, Pennsylvania, New York, Ohio, wherever it might be to go to Florida, you're not seeing Florida start to shade purple or turn blue as far as voting results go. Like Georgia's starting to get a little purplish. Texas is getting a little purplish because people are moving to those states, Georgia and Texas specifically, for all the things that Republican governors offer, yet they still end up voting Democrat. Florida is the other way. Florida is now ruby red and going redder by the day, which is a very interesting breakdown. And then secondly, you know, for uh, this goes to not just uh, Republicans, this goes to Democrats, this goes to everybody. If you are tired of politicians that don't come through with their promises, then you should get behind Ron DeSantis. Because you can sit here, and I get it, you, you want to talk about the optics, the weird smile, the goofy laugh, the heels, the boots, all that. But if you are truly sick of uh, unfulfilled promises from a campaign, and you want a policy champion, a dude that flat, flat out gets it done, if it's all about results, that should be your guy. Then then why have not more Republicans backed him then? Why why is he 40%? Trump's unbeatable. 40 points down Trump's in got a stranglehold on the GOP. He is, but, until, but, until otherwise, he is the face of the Republican Party. All of these facts sound great, yep. and you can argue over the minutia, over everything else. I understand that. But if everything is so great and peachy in Florida, and they want to make that you know, a, a blueprint for the rest of the country, then why aren't the Floridians voting... Uh, for because they loved the first three years of Trump, as Dawn says, peace and prosperity. As good as DeSantis has been on the gubernatorial level, Trump has proven it at the highest level. By the way, what they're arguing about who went to Florida and who went to California back in it, it it's literally it comes down to per capita. Mm -hmm. So technically, Newsom is correct because per capita, more Floridians mm -hmm. have moved. Yeah to California than the other way around. But if you just look at raw numbers, right. more people have moved from uh, California. California to Florida. So it's literally a semantics game, yeah. which is which just makes people's eyes glaze over mm -hmm. because they're both technically correct. Right, right. It's just ridiculous. It's all about how you frame the stats. Yes. Um, Bidenomics came up, speaking of stats. Um, Hannity asked... Newsom, why is he constantly praising Bidenomics? To your point, you know it seems like he was paid paid for by the Biden campaign. It really does. Cut eight guys go. Ron, in California, Ron, I'm happy that you continue to talk. Let's talk a little bit about Bidenomics because I'm happy to take that on right now as well. And I think it's You're a fair a big point. Supporter of it. That's I, I appreciate you acknowledging 14 that. 14 million jobs, ten times more than the last three Republican presidents combined. Because he had 800. A 
15,000 manufacturing the, the jobs, jobs were because 3. of the COVID Are you kidding 3.9% unemployment. As he continues to talk over me, I'll talk to the American people. 3.9% unemployment, the lowest black unemployment in American history, the lowest unemployment for Hispanics in American history, the lowest unemployment for women in 70 years, the lowest black poverty rates in history. That's this administration's agenda. And by the way, as you smile and smirk over there, you should know this, the American people. Here's a guy who celebrated Bidenomics just this week, celebrating $28 million that came into your state because of the Chips and Science Act, one of the most significant economic plans right. since FDR. I'm proud of the work Biden and Harris have done. Would you like to respond? And I do have a follow-up. The 6% rate on people, families, uh, couple in California, they pay 6% income tax on $84,000 a year. Low-wage workers that's why in the state of Florida pay does. more than I mean, I, I, state I, I of didn't ask about Florida. We're, we're, we, governor, he is governor, 30. Governor, but here's a, let me ask, answer, let me ask you the question. Let me ask the question. I understand that this is great radio. Mm-hmm. It really is. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's just two guys talking over one another. Yeah, and I know it's labeled as great radio, and a lot of people enjoy hearing people bickering, but I, I almost hate it. Because I, I I can't understand who's trying to make a point. I honestly, it, it, you know, we've talked about trying to reinvent the debate, and it, it needs more than just a makeover. It needs a total reconstruction. I would actually, and this is if if Nick Kale ruled the world of debates, I would have like Greg Stalker has right now. He's got a board in front of him. Greg, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak here. To, just turn my microphone off for about two or three seconds. I'll keep talking and then pop it back on. One, two. Eight, nine, ten. See how you turned my microphone off? You didn't hear a word I said. I wish that Sean Hannity and these moderators would literally have a mute button where they could just shut this person off so person B can finish their point. Now, I want to do see, I want some conflict, but when you have 35 seconds of three people talking over each other, mm-hmm. I just want to just go. I'm just ready to leave. Well, especially when Hannity was trying to shut it down, I, I do think that, but they need to say it up front. If you're going to do that as Fox News, that's a policy decision. Mm-hmm. So off the top, you say, we got to control this thing. We want to have conversations. But at some point, when when I jump in, they're going to mute your mics so that we can re- do a reset. Yeah. If one of you is trying to talk over the other during their time, we're going to lower your mark. N- not mute it, okay. but we're going to lower it. That's fine. So they, you know what I'm saying? You have to... You have to tee that up so mm-hmm. that everybody knows the rules of the game. I agree. It's a good point. Uh, a little bit more of the shout fest. Keep going, guys. Go. Let me add a cover first. Ron, if I may answer the respond. question. Okay. California has lower taxes, more lower than 32 states for working families in the middle class. Significantly lower taxes so you than places that. That's what like you Texas. You support a 6% income tax for I'm people against, a couple of I'm against progressive taxes that advantage billionaires and millionaires over working families and the working poor. People in his state pay more taxes on the low end than we tax people on the high end. How does paying $7 a gallon gas help working people? That doesn't help working people at all. How does paying an 8% sales tax help working people? That doesn't help working people at all. Uh, They have the highest taxes in the nation. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, you saw the middle box Hannity there. He put the uh, Chuck Schumer glasses on where it went down. How do you think? How do you think Ainsley feels about <laughs> dating dating a guy who puts the uh, glasses on his nose like Grandpa does? Greg, you're saying this is not this is not a good look. <laughs> this is not a way to pick up chicks. 
Let me pull up my bifocals here. Sorry. I have yeah, to I've been, you know, I've been wondering. How did Hannity pull that off? Well, we don't know if it's true or not. But well, if it's true, how did he? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you. He, he knows jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how about the fact that he's I'm a big UFC guy. I, I train like does anybody look at Sean Hannity and say tough guy? <laughs> he's a little pudgy dude. Uh, all right, here we go. Keep going here. People flee to be able to save money uh, to get out of California, and you have working class people that move to these other states. Their dollars go much further. But here's the thing. They want to take this Bidenomics and they want to double down on this for the next 4 years. How many people are able to afford groceries now compared to what you were doing three or four years ago? I talked to people, you know, I, I talked to a woman who had, a, had a, a, a cart full of groceries going in and they're ringing it up and it got to be so expensive she has to take a lot of the stuff out. That didn't used to be the case. People used to be able to work hard and get ahead. That is not true under Joe Biden. And you know what, Sean, one more final thing. California's unemployment rate is 60 percent higher then Florida's unemployment rate. Well, Our unemployment rate is 2.8 percent. That's a 4.8 percent. Why? Governor. Because it's a command and control economy. They have a political agenda that they're pursuing. Let me ask that question. People. Command and control economy. I like the way he framed and positioned that. And it's true. I don't know how people afford to live in California, specifically, you know, San Francisco and Los Angeles. Yeah. I've, I've mentioned my old boss at the station down the street. He now runs the Odyssey station, the sports station in San Francisco. Um, I don't know what he gets paid, but he told me he had a he has a 1,900 square foot home and he paid $1.1 million for it. Now, I'm just going to assume he probably makes $200,000 to be a brand manager. But could you imagine spending $1.1 million on a 1,900-square-foot home and it's not like you know a gorgeous piece of property like on, in Malibu? I mean, he's living in, in, in you know a house that probably anywhere else might cost, well, the cost of living with homes has gone up 46% since 2020. But that, that was probably a house that was like three hundred and fifty grand 10 years ago. You are, whenever you get into the economy and taxes and stuff like, like Gavin Newsom should have just tapped out and just been like, you know what? Because yep. nobody, nobody in California or New York or any of those places, is New Jersey, is going to sit here and say, yeah, you know what? Our taxes aren't that bad. Everybody Mm-mm. hates the taxes. Yeah. Whether you're whether you're a liberal Democrat or a conservative Republican, the taxes there are way too high. Unless you're in the top 10% of income earners in this country, I don't see any benefit of trying to live in California. Yeah. But here's the thing. There are all these stories, even starting this summer, that California's population has declined, but not among the the wealthy. So California has ultra-rich. They mm-hmm. have a huge population of ultra-rich people. Yeah, the elitists. Right? And and they rank number one mm-hmm. in, 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 the, in America yeah. as far as the wealthiest people. So what that tells me is that tax-wise, when you look at it, they actually quietly, they're not taxing and slamming it to the ultra-rich. They're taking care of them. Yes. Right? Because that's who Gavin Newsom goes to Napa with. That's right. Yep. French Laundry. Right? And he mentioned it right there. DeSantis said, you're crushing the working class family and the working poor. The people that probably have one or two jobs already and can't even make ends meet. They've completely, in California, it's either the elitists or the poorest of the poor. I can't. I don't see how a, there's a middle class in San Francisco or uh, now. Look, maybe in other sections of California, but I'm, I'm, when I think of California, I think of San Francisco, Los Angeles, and San Diego.
Um, <laughs> Sid Weiss on the YouTube chat says, one thing this debate taught me, hang on, just refresh. One thing this debate taught me, Hannity sucks, Newsom sucks, and DeSantis. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm going to cut nine here, guys. I'm actually just going in order. Uh, DeSantis uh, brought out the poop map. Yep. Love it. This is this is how <laughs> get, get over to YouTube, <laughs> youtube.com slash at twelve ten WPHD if you want to see the poop map. It's amazing. Uh, cut nine guys go. Well I'm looking at total time governor DeSantis yeah, look, about this, two minutes. This, 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 this is a map of San Francisco. <laughs> There's a lot of plots on that. You may be asking, what is that plotting? Well, this is an app where they plot the human feces that are found on the streets of San Francisco. And you see how almost the whole thing is covered because that is what has happened in one of the previous greatest cities this country's ever had. Human feces is now a, a fact of life, except when a communist dictator comes to town. Then they cleaned up the streets. Ooh. They lined the streets with Chinese flags. They didn't put American flags there. Mm-hmm. They cleaned everything up. So they're willing to do it for a communist dictator, so, but they're not willing to do it for their own people. Just, I want to get in with the limited time we have left. I want to get there two very important. I mean, he just completely body bagged Newsom there. He pulled out a poop map. <laughs> He referenced <laughs> Xi Jinping. Like he just completely that was yep. ju- that was that was a great move. That was, oh, was sweep move. the leg, sweep yep. the leg. Get him a body bag, Johnny. That yep. was Karate Kid right there. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. There, there's nothing. There's no. There's no defense for that. Nope. Nope. I mean, it's it's the we know San Francisco is a, is a asshole. Yeah, it is, and it's a sh- it's a shame because DeSantis is correct in the beginning when he says it's one of the most beautiful cities you can ever go to. It it used to be a glorious city. I mean, it is you people out there. I, I, I love all these people who like. Oh, San Francisco is such a gorgeous city. It is a very charming town. Okay, it, it's first of all, it's hilly. Second of all, it, it's it's. Hey, you ride the trolley. The weather stinks there. It's like sixty degrees and overcast all the time. Napa Valley is beautiful. Absolutely, yeah. Napa yeah. is gorgeous. San Diego. I, I would, San Diego, yeah. I would prefer San, LA yeah. and San Diego weather for sure. The weather, I, like this whole you know fairy tale of San Francisco. First of all, is way too expensive. Well, Second of, of all, course. there's way too many homeless people. Third, it, it's just it's hilly. The, the weather stinks. Like I don't think you, you got could, rice aroni. You, you <laughs> pay, I don't think you can pay me to live in San Francisco. Oh honestly. no, 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 I wouldn't. Not in this day and age. No, uh, you'd also have to pay me to pay me a lot more. Uh, so they also went back and forth on who's a bully and who's not a bully. DeSantis called uh, 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 Newsom a bully. Newsom called DeSantis a bully. Yeah. A lot was You're done. bully. I think most politicians are bullies. A lot was part. done, uh, or a lot was accomplished in this one. Okay. Cut, cut uh, 10, guys, go. Well, I love, the, I love the rant on freedom. I mean, here's a guy who's criminalizing teachers, criminalizing doctors, criminalizing librarians, and criminalizing women that seek their reproductive care. You're making it harder to vote. You're banning books. I mean, spare me this notion of freedom. Ask the folks at Disney about freedom and free enterprise. Ask the folks at the Special Olympics that you threatened to fine with 27 because they were discriminating dollars. against the athletes. Who goes after Special Olympics when it comes to the issue, Ron, of homelessness? That is wrong. That's being a liberal bully. That's being a bully. Really? They had Down syndrome and you wanted to discriminate against them. 
27 million dollar fine. They were discriminating against special because Olympians. they were discriminating against the athletes. On the they wanted to marginalize the athletes, right. and you wanted the athletes <laughs> marginalized. That was wrong. What you did. These are kids with Down syndrome By the way, that just wanted to compete. I grew up working with special them kids. Out of the special I've been Olympics. working with special Olympians liberal all my life. You wanted them to be. You wanted them to be ostracized. You threatened to find special Olympians from Florida. She got to participate because we stood up for her. This is the way you treat. By the way, no, hold on. It's your, it's your no, no, turn. let me say, I can handle that. I can handle it. I'm used to that. But you know what? You wanted her your not attacks to on the trans community, you your attack her on not the gay and lesbian community, That's wrong. you attack vulnerable communities, we, you we attack women. And we made sure Again, they could compete. Ron, relax. Ooh. I can handle it. I'm used to bully. You're nothing but a bully. You're I understand bully. that. You're not a bully. No, you're a bully. You're well, that's your Why did you want this? By the way, how well is this going for you? Why do you want them not to be able to compete? How well is this why campaign do you not going? Want them to be Book these them. guys for <laughs> WrestleMania. Why you want to discriminate Again, against I'll remind you, you the, the blueprint. He wanted them the to be excluded from the Florida Olympics. Has put Ron DeSantis 41 points down to Donald Trump as you try to get tough. We said that Trump. Let's go back. That's amazing. I just, I mean, look, you know, think of. Newsom, what you will. I despise the man. But, like, you can't get past the fact that he's 41 points down to Trump mm-hmm. in his own state. Yeah, that, that's a that's a mic drop haymaker in DeSantis's face, no question. Um, you know, you talk about freedom. I, I would argue that everything that Newsom was rattling off uh, before he got to, I think it was uh, the last subject matter was abortion. Leading up to all of that, it's not lack of freedom. It's accountability and responsibility, and DeSantis believes in law and order. It's not lacking freedom. It's chaos in California. But if you want to talk about freedom, if we're going to argue the freedom subject between California and Florida, look no further than who was free to do what they were able to do in Florida because of the pandemic compared to California. I mean, don't never forget, Gavin Newsom's out eating and whining and dining with his mask off as you're told to lock down yep. and wear a mask everywhere you go. So, Yep. Um... <laughs> Shafe says it sounds like the view. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Just yelling over one another. Uh, on border security. Again, <laughs> not a great. All these topics, uh, Ron DeSantis should have the upper hand on. That's the correct. economy, border, all of this stuff, mm-hmm. Ron DeSantis should have the upper hand on. Uh, cut 11, guys. Go. By the way, do you see this that risk, the, Governor Newsom? Hold on. Hold Governor, on. I mean, do, you see, do you see the risk? Joe Biden put out not only a comprehensive plan, he consistently puts up plans. I hold understand. on. No, but Sean, is there, let me, is there no, a let me, risk? I'm going, to answer, I'm going to answer your question. I, I support border security. I think the asylum system is broken. I believe that we need... I understand that. I, I'm, the one that, I'm the only guy here that's a border state governor. You're trolling folks and trying to find migrants to play political games to try to get some news and attention so you can out-Trump Trump. And by the way, how's that going for you, Ron? You're down 41 <laughs> points in your Ouch. own home state. Mm. On the issue of immigration, and Joe Ron Biden smiles. paid $14 billion yep. immigration package oh, just got up in front of Congress, 2,300 border agents, as well as custom officials, 1,000 new law enforcement officers to deal with a fentanyl issue. And by the way, that's a major issue in your state, 41% higher overdose rates than the state of California. And here's what I haven't heard, not a peep. From Ron DeSantis, they want to demagogue this issue, you want to play politics with issues, you don't want to solve this issue. Why don't you lead your Go, party Governor Newsom. and support that $14 right, billion? Me, dollar hold on, I have a follow-up. Governor Newsom.
Yeah, and look, when you get when you get owned and hit over the face with the 41-point deficit to Trump, all you can do is sit there and smile. There's no point in arguing it's fact. There's not the, you, you, he, he totally handicapped you, right, cut you right off at the knees, um, and you just have to take that. That's the reality. That's the monster he's up against with Donald Trump. It's, it's, he's insurmountable, and it will remain that way. Yeah. And I, I would be willing to bet, I'll go out on record now and say this, the next set of polls that come out early next week or coming off of the weekend shows or Sunday, I don't think you're going to see any difference in Trump's lead over DeSantis. He's not going to move up. He's not going to separate himself yeah. from Nikki. It was a good performance last night, but polling-wise, it won't show a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, I 100% agree with you. So at the end of the day, it's great radio. I'm glad you know we're doing it. It's interesting. There's a lot of people listening and watching because they're interested in it. But did it change any minds? Absolutely not. No. The only if thing I go said... On, if you go on left-wing Twitter, it's mm-hmm. literally... Everybody's like, DeSantis owned him, or uh, uh, Newsom owned him. And if you go on right-wing Twitter, it's DeSantis owned him. Right. So, so like, it's it changed no minds. Yeah, the only thing it did for me is it shows that I think DeSantis is actually in his element when he's up against somebody with different ideologies. Like, I don't think he does well fighting amongst other Republicans. I honestly don't think it's something he wants to engage in. I really think there's an element of DeSantis where he doesn't want to get caught up in the, the noise. He just wants to execute his vision. But when it comes to butting heads with a Democrat, he'll do it all day. I don't think he finds joy in battling Vivek, Trump, Nikki, or or Chris Christie, or anybody else, to be honest. Uh, A little bit more on the border. Uh, Cut 12, guys, go. He lacks any credibility on the issue of immigration. When he was in Congress, he supported amnesty. When he's in Congress, you supported John Boehner's bill. It's a fact. When you were in Congress, you supported Obama's. You supported Obama's efforts to advance comprehensive reform. The last guy you want to talk to on the issue immigration your immigration policy can best be described as a governor from the state of florida going into another state the state of texas lying to migrants promising them jobs and housing sending them to an island martha's vineyard and then sending them to a parking lot in sacramento california i met with those migrants that you lied to under false pretense that kind of gamesmanship Using human beings as pawns, I think, is disqualifying. So, again, a guy who stands here who's been out on the Republican debate stage saying, well, he's going to be tough, he's going to shoot people with backpacks, uh, and that he has a strategy to potentially even invade our second largest trading partner, uh, Mexico, that has a record of supporting amnesty and supporting reforms under the Obama administration, is the last guy to be standing on stage talking about the issue of immigration reform tonight. Well, I'll tell you what, it's deja vu all over again with that flurry of lies. This is a guy that says the Biden administration is not lying to the public about the border. They go to the White House uh, briefing room every day. They say the border's secure. They are lying to you. We know that that's not true. Gavin Newsom is lying to you when he says somehow I supported these things, which I didn't do. He's also (laughs) lying to you uh, about what it's going to take to solve this problem. California is a sanctuary state. Uh, They thumb their nose at federal immigration law. And this has real consequences. Uh, There was an illegal alien, Herbert Nixon Flores, uh, who was in L.A., uh, in custody. He was a repeat criminal. ICE wanted to take him into custody because then they would be able to deport him. L.A. refuses to work with ICE, and so they wouldn't turn him over. They end up releasing him on the street. He ends up murdering the mother of a three-year-old little girl. Uh, that Those policies are deadly. Uh, they do not work. And I'll tell you this, 
the, the Martha's Vineyard transport, Martha's Vineyard said it was a sanctuary jurisdiction. Kind of reminds me about Gavin Newsom when he restricted Californians, then he went to the French laundry. These liberal elites, they like to impose burdens on you. They don't want to have to face the consequences of their actions. So we've got a lot of elites who want open borders, yeah. who lecture I, everybody else about it. Uh, and the minute they have to deal with any of the consequences, oh, man, all hell breaks loose. The moment it shows up on their doorstep, they completely flip their lid and lose their mind. I don't think it's a political stunt for Abbott or DeSantis or anybody to ship migrants to these blue sanctuary cities on buses because these cities are like, yeah, we'll take you. And then all of a sudden they're like, whoa, we're full. No, you got to go back to where you're from. And the, the worst part of all of this for Democrats, these big blue mayors, they're begging the Biden administration, their own party, for help with this, and they're not getting it. Yeah. Um, one more, and then we can do the uh, Dawn's Big Three. Um, they talked about the book ban. I've, I have a couple more, but I'll save them for part two. Okay. Um, they talked about the book ban in Florida. Um, Newsom rattled off some books that are banned, and DeSantis said they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> Cut thir- Again, it's a semantics game. Cut 13, go. This should not be in schools uh, when people like on the left say that somehow you're banning books by removing this from a young kid's classroom. No, this is not age appropriate. And so we're going to stand for the rights of parents. I think we need to do that nationwide. I don't think you can have a situation where some states just trample on the rights of parents. Parents have a fundamental right to direct the education and upbringing of their kids. I, I mean, by the way, you've been on a banning bench. 1,406 books have been banned just last year under Ron DeSantis' leadership. I love that he keeps pulling this out. I've seen this. He's been doing this all over the campaign. Trail. What's wrong with Tony Morrison's books? It's not banned. What's wrong? It's not true. Not. What's wrong with Amanda Gorman's? It's not banned. And the poetry. 1,406. 1,406 books have been banned on your banning binge in the state of Florida. As it relates to parental rights, come on, California, it's in our Constitution, parental engagement. It's called the LCFF process. We actually require parental engagement on curriculum development. And we don't. Complete lie. We don't require K through third grade sexual education. That doesn't happen until middle school. What you're doing is using education as a sword for your cultural purge. And you know what? With all due respect, you know, I remember in the 1970s, in the 1970s, we had a bill called the Briggs Initiative. And there was a guy by the name of Ronald Reagan, so offended by the Briggs Initiative, which was the original Don't Say Gay bill. In that case, it was not allowing teachers that happened to be gay to teach. And Reagan had the courage to stand up. And he said, you can't catch gay like you can measles. I don't like the way you demean people. I don't like the way you demean the LGBTQ community. I don't like the way you demean and humiliate people you disagree with, Ron. I really find this fundamentally offensive. And this is a core value that distinguishes the values of my state and, frankly, the vast majority of Americans against the weaponization of education I have a follow-up question so he goes I don't like the way you conduct business basically in your state and it is fascinating that Gavin is going down the same rabbit hole that the mainstream media has gone down with these book bans or you know what has been rejected in the schools again remember when he had the um, the african-american advanced placement studies uh, course and I think the syllabus was like 41 pages there was like two paragraphs that were taken out of 41 pages that nobody really decided to read the rest of it so I think Gavin Newsom is making the same mistake there. You heard DeSantis say, no, no, that Toni Morrison's books, they're not banned. So, I mean, 
the, the, the reality is the answer is out there. Just go into any of those schools, go into any of those libraries. If the books are still on the shelves, well, then they're not banned. So there you go. All right, that'll do it. Cut sheet part one in the books. Part due coming up 9.35 this morning. Right now at 8.40, we go to Dawn Stensland for the Big Three at 8. It's the Big Three at 8 on Kaling Company. And Big Three at 8 this morning. We are sponsored by Joseph Anthony Retreat Spa and Salon. So we now have on the East Coast an alert going out and the second U.S. state, Massachusetts, reporting this large and concerning rising number of child pneumonia cases amid this mysterious viral outbreak in China. Doctors speaking out, and they're talking about Ohio, Massachusetts. Is this connected to China? But in Massachusetts, they believe it's mostly RSV, which is, we know what that is, a respiratory virus that kills more than 10,000 Americans every single year, mostly young children, mostly babies, or the elderly. This is concerning because they just haven't seen these numbers, and that's why they're they're just putting out some warning signs here to say, we're looking at this. Why? Because, in essence, there are no medications to cure it. Mm. And so what happens is they're saying, you know, we, like in Ohio, we get the kids in a supportive care situation. In other words, they are in the hospital. Once they get in the hospital, they get them on the IV, they can calm that down, and then they it's all supportive care. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're going to end up in the hospital. Right. And that's really where they're going here. These are, these are much more severe in their caseloads. Most of the kids, I think this is telling, most of the kids, the average age is eight. Yep. And that's the same for Warren County, really? Ohio. I thought it was younger, eight, really? Eight. And wow. that, what that tells me is that because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. think about it. Yeah. You had all these school years, ultimately three, four yep. school years, depending on where you were, where you weren't, first of all, you weren't just going out and playing. You yep. weren't. Mm-hmm. So now you're just like the learning loss. Yeah. These poor kids in that eight-year-old range, they not only had learning loss in math and reading, but they had loss in, let's say, their baseline of their immune system. Immune system buildup. And Nick, this is in your wheelhouse because you have twin daughters. Believe it or not, it's actually good for kids to be around germs and dirt. Uh, I agree with you 100%. It sucks when they bring it home to us, the parents. I I, I and that's coming from somebody who's a, who's a who's a germaphobe, and I hate germs and dirt, and I hate most humans. Um, but, <laughs> but but I I agree with you. There's nothing more important than a kid's healthy immune system. Yeah, yeah. Get a runny nose, get a cough, skin a knee, brush an elbow. That's what being a kid's all about. Not staying inside virtual learning. My son's had a cough for the last like th- three weeks. <laughs> it's just like, oh glorious, God. isn't it? Oh God. <laughs> The concern, I think, that as I look at this and I'm looking, reading between the lines and then looking at all, and they have a lot of different studies on this. So it's earlier we said, you know, foreign media, but now I think we're starting to see um, people perk up in this country because you have some research institutes that are widely respected here. They're not, in any way, they're not able to connect this to that pneumonia outbreak in China. Mm Mm-hmm. We do have, I mean, the Wall Street Journal is calling it out. They have the World Health Organization calling it. They want more information about China. Is this something different? Is it the same? But I will just point out that the concern by a lot of doctors is that if you were on the, 
for example, the East Coast here in Philadelphia, we had among the toughest, strictest mandates in the nation. Mm -hmm. I suspect that as this moves forward, because it's in Massachusetts, it's in Ohio, I suspect we're going to see this among kids who, who were in the lockdown now, I suspect we are more vulnerable in this area yes. yeah. than other parts of the country. I was just going to say, let's uh, let's see how it actually, I hate, I hate to make to it political, but let's see how it plays out blue state versus red state. <sighs> Which kids, like Flor- Florida, far more open, schools, things like that. Let's see how their immune the, systems are versus New York and California. The weather plays a huge yes. role in that, too, True. because we're, because we're, because of this crappy weather that we have here we're locked inside for three months and they're not in florida so Mm -hmm. you know don't underestimate the power of vitamin d which is the sun you guys want to relocate the show to florida right now no i'll be i'll sign up for right now i'll I'll pack up i'll pack up the tell Susie i'll be there by sunday (laughs) kale and company road trip no no palm (laughs) palm beach i want to be on the east coast though not the west coast no number two the mystery of these non-human mummified remains this has to do with ufos Mm. so we have a controversial journalist and ufo enthusiast making headlines they claim that uh, they've performed dna analysis of these remains from peru initially and that they found 30 percent of the genetic material is not from any known species on earth Oh, so this confirms we have extraterrestrials amongst us. E.T., phone home. Yeah. So now you have all of these, and then that's amid, you know, we had talked, you know, earlier the story about the the, uh, UFO chief at the Pentagon level had resigned after, you know, all of the information that had come out about UFOs. And so there are all these, you know, individuals who are saying, Mm Mm-hmm. This is it. You know what's going to happen? UFOs. If, in fact, they really do have what they, what many skeptics or critics or, you know, UFO enthusiasts, whatever you want to call them, if they really do have all of these busted up space shuttles and they've got E.T. and they got the whole Independence Day movie stuff going on in Area 51 and they've been covering it up for 70, 80 years. You know, we look at the world today, right? We're on the verge of World War Three. Some would argue we got some sort of a civil war in our own country right now. We're more divided than ever. They'll they'll finally let the cat out of the bag when all hell's about to break loose in reality, and they'll use that as a, a way to d- distract us and keep us off of their scent for whatever else is going on. That's that's the motive. That's why I think this is starting to really start to build up. They're going to let out some information soon, just so they can throw us off of uh, of their original course i'm debating debating number three because there are a lot of trump headlines with the uh, trump campaign as well as the fact that the trump gag order was reinstated that's judge and goron in the in the uh, civil case letitia james in new york but i will also tell you that the supreme court is weighing now on the on hearing the january 6 cases this certainly could affect and impact the trump cases So three men charged in connection with the January 6th situation, they're trying to dismiss a charge um, that former President Donald Trump also faces. Okay. And so it would have an impact. In other words, so the Supreme Court today is set to consider this for the first time, whether to hear the appeals brought by those individuals who were charged in the January 6th, 2021 riots. And so if, Presumably, if the Supreme Court rules on it, let's say they throw it out, 
then Trump would automatically, they would be able to, you know, throw that out as well. Right. So that's gotcha. number number three. There was a lot of Trump news swirling in, so I was trying to just give you some headlines there. But Joseph Anthony Retreat Spawn Salon. Sponsors are big three. Secret to finishing your holiday shopping. Three locations, Glen Mills, Springfield, Center City at the Lowe's Hotel. Just visit in person or online, josephanthony.com, where gift cards are always available, josephanthony.com. Hale and Company, Big Three. All right, Dawn, thank you very much. Coming up at 9 o'clock, we have a trio of media stories to get to from a deadspin editor being exposed for a total fraud. We have more of a follow-up of this uh, story from Deadspin where they tried to smear the Chiefs fan as a racist. Also, MSNBC with a major shakeup to their weekends. And Charles Barkley and Gail King bomb in their debut on CNN. So we'll get to those three to kick off the 9 o'clock hour. But I did mention um, right around 7.20 or 7.30 this morning, we had a trio of COVID stories. Uh, of course, the mysterious pneumonia type stuff that Dawn just mentioned that's going around. COVID cases have tripled in the last two weeks. And the big story that Anthony Fauci will be set to testify January 8th and 9th, uh, seven hours each day. And then after those two closed-door sessions occur... They will have a public setting, and we will all get to witness that. But one other story that is very, very interesting, uh, and it's the first of its kind, and I'm reading this from Reuters. Uh, Pfizer is now sued by the state of Texas over the COVID vaccine claims. This is the first time that a state has gone after Big Pharma for what they are alleging is essentially Fraud. This is Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, who yesterday accused the drug maker of misrepresenting the efficacy of its widely used COVID-19 vaccine. He's basically alleging fraud. In a complaint filed in Lubbock County State Court, Paxton said it was misleading for Pfizer to claim that its vaccine was 95% effective because it offered, quote, a relative risk reduction for people who took it. Paxton said the claim was based on only two months of clinical trial data and vaccine recipients, quote, absolute risk reduction showed that the vaccine was just 0.85% effective. Uh, Pfizer intentionally misrepresented the efficacy of its COVID-19 vaccine and censored persons who threatened to disseminate the truth in order to facilitate fast adoption of the product and expand its commercial opportunity, the complaint says. The lawsuit seeks to stop New York-based Pfizer from making alleged false claims and silencing, quote, truthful speech about its vaccine and more than $10 million in fines for violating a Texas law protecting consumers from deceptive marketing. Now, Pfizer goes on to say that its vaccine, quote, has demonstrated a favorable safety profile in all age groups and helped protect against severe COVID-19 outcomes, including hospitalization and death. I would argue this. I think every GOP governor should join this suit because I think Big Pharma has operated without impunity for far too long. Um, It's always bothered me that they can advertise the way they do in this country, and it doesn't happen in basically any other country around the globe. Um, And I think they are. They, I think I do think they committed a fraud because we were told if you take the shot, not only will you not get COVID, you won't spread it. It was patently wrong on both accounts. Yeah, I think this opens the floodgates for a lot of uh, a, a lot of other lawsuits 
and look, Pfizer has deep pockets, so like deep, deep pockets. Mm-hmm. So, what's well, um, ten million to them, right? Exactly. Right. So, at the end of the day, will it really make a dent in anything? No, but I think it'll. I think it could set an interesting precedent. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see what happens. We'll see if other states kind of take the lead of or take the lead of Texas. Yeah, follow behind Texas and and follow similar lawsuits because we know blue states won't. Right. I'm wondering if Florida will follow, if Arizona will follow, if Texas will follow, if Tennessee will follow, Georgia on down the list, Alabama, you name it, Ohio. Um, I don't know how effective they will be. I don't know that they will win the case because I think there's the wiggle room where you have these doctors and these scientists and these Fauci type guys that say, well, you know, science is ever evolving. It's always a changing. Well, if it is, and you're going to sit there and say that you could not guarantee that this, well, then why would you make the claim? Why would you go out there and have all these people advocating for this product saying, if you get your booster, you won't get the vaccine, you won't get the virus, and then you won't kill grandma because you won't spread. It was, I mean, every, uh, there's a lot of people, myself included, and I only got the first two shots initially when they came out, uh, March of 21, and then the second one was in April of 21. And I did it not because I was concerned about COVID. And I ended up getting COVID, uh, and I was just fine. But I got it because my wife's father was coming down to visit at Easter, and he was not only battling cancer, but was diabetic, and he was being treated on both fronts. And I was sold the bill of goods of, well, you don't want to kill grandma. So, like, my father-in-law hates me as it is. I mean, imagine if I killed him because I wasn't vaccinated. You know, it's interesting. We talk a lot. Uh, you were just talking about all of these kids, you know, getting this this uh, horrible um, pneumonia thing mm-hmm. that's going around and weakened immune systems. You know what weakens kids' immune systems? You know what weakens immune systems? Medication. Mm-hmm. We are an over-medicated, over-drugged society. That's correct. And, you know, everything is cured by, I mean, cured, I, I say that in quotations, by a pill. Yeah. Take this pill for this. Take this pill for yeah, that. You can this manage this. this. That, manage that. Manage that with this. Manage that with this. It, and it's, 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 it's wrecking our immune system because we take these, these, this medication, these pills to mask what's going on, and we're not actually... We're not allowing our body to fight it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, as much as I'm a, a germaphobe and I hate being sick and I don't want to be sick and I don't want I, you know, having a fever is good mm-hmm. because it's, it's, it's your body fighting whatever is going on inside of you. Mm-hmm. And, and we immediately were like, well, we don't want that anymore. Let's take this. Let's take that. Let's take this. And it's weakening everybody's immune systems. Yeah. It's big. It's bad. Yeah. They don't want to cure things. They don't want to perform the surgeries. They just want to put you on medicine because it's more profitable in the long run. Yeah. But I, think, up. I mean, ultimately, when I look at this, and so what they're saying is that Pfizer, so they were not ethical. They did not tell the truth mm-hmm. about the efficacy of their vaccines. But ultimately, the big picture, if I zoom out for a second, what was real, then ultimately it raises all of these questions. Was this created or, or supersized, if you will, blown out of proportion mm-hmm. because Fauci and others wanted to undermine and let's say the swamp wanted to undermine Donald J. Trump's mm-hmm. hugely successful presidency. I mean, if you look at post-pandemic, he was going to be president for eight, uh, excuse me, pre-pandemic. He was going to be president for eight years. There's no question because he was so hugely popular and successful. And we've never seen this level of peace and prosperity. Seriously, look back at it. This is pre-pandemic. And so this is the problem with this. 
the problem is we all believed. I went to the convention center here. Remember this? We went, we, we had to get, we were told, Hey, you got to get this vaccine. I got the Pfizer vaccine. Are you now telling me that I didn't have to do it? Our businesses were threatened. Our livelihoods were threatened. <laughs> right? What's so funny? Yep. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. I'm going off here. Is that good? It? Keep going off. No, but I, I mean, seriously, if so, what was real? That that's my question. What what was real? If all of this was phony, and on the other hand of it, if it if it's true that they did mitigate a horrible, deadly illness, and that these vaccines were good, think about that mm-hmm. on the other side. Well, that now everybody's yep. going to question everything, and it goes back to that old yep. story about crying wolf and just when we might need something yeah. we're all gonna say nope well you we don't just buy it. you just hit on something i've said many times in the last three and a half years the american trust in our institutions yeah. has never been lower pharma media politicians uh, federal government agencies you name it there is no trust in america right now in any of our typical historical big institutions colleges academia you go on down the list and a lot of that has been created over the last three and a half years all right coming up next final hours on the way we have a trio of media stories to get to and then also before we get out of here this morning uh two stories that i find very funny and entertaining one on an airline and the other one in a restaurant could you believe that a restaurant was actually razzing a customer over their request to order tap water We'll get to that story as we continue. Final hour on a Friday. It's Kale and Company. We're about to get weird. And right here is Dawn. No, it's Greg Stock. Stock. How are you? Come on. I got to talk about how I believe that it's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles with the money line on Sunday. Much to the dismay of Nicholas Kale. I believe it's going to be plus 124. Plunk that down. Plunk five bucks down on uh, the Eagles money line on Sunday against the 49ers. You win... $150 in bonus bets when your Philadelphia Eagles win. And all from FanDuel Sportsbook at partnership with Valley Forge Casino. All you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel.com slash Greg. Put $5 on the Eagles money line for Sunday. And you can win $150 in bonus bets if they win. I love the FanDuel app. You can bet on everything. Spreads, player props, over-unders, so much more. There's so much stuff you can do. Plus, Plus, you can do basketball. You can do anything you want to. Is all right there. FanDuel.com slash Greg. Sign up right now. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 1210 WPHD and the NFL. 21 and over. President PA. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as not with trouble. Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem. Call 1 800 Gambler. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings 6 till 10 on Talk Radio 1210, WPHD, and the free Odyssey app.